0: Hazmat
1: crew, hazmat sounds, noises, lasers. Hi and welcome to the hazmat crew. My name is Hazmat Crystal.
0: I'm Hazmat Brian. Hazmat Steven.
2: Hazmat Blake.
1: And this week, we'll be talking uh, in regards to safety regulations regarding hazardous material transportation. Brian, why don't you start us off and tell us a little bit more about what exactly is hazardous material?
3: Well, thank you, Crystal. Um, First, in order to understand why we have all these rules and regulations in place, I think it is extremely important to understand what hazardous materials are. Now, first of all, a hazardous material is any item or agent that has the potential to cause harm to humans, animals, or the environment. Now these materials can be either biological, chemical, radiological, or physical in nature.
0: And Brian, that's a lot of different categories of hazardous materials.
2: Yeah, there's so many things out there that can be classified as hazardous materials.
3: Well, yes, guys. Now, first of all, these definitions are quite vague, and they're even confusing to some people. So, help me. I'm going to clarify by giving you some key characteristics to identify these materials. Now, there are four key characteristics. The first is ignitability. Now, this is when an item can just combust or cause fires. The other is corrosivity. Now, this is when it can corrode metal. Uh, it's usually an acid or a base. These are anything from like common household cleaners to uh, other household items that you might not even be aware are hazardous materials. Now, there's also reactivity. These materials can cause explosions. Now, this is when they can mix with other chemicals, even sometimes air. Uh, There's also toxicity. Now, this is when an item can cause harm to human, animals, or even plants just by being absorbed into their bodies. Now, it's extremely important to learn how to identify these materials and how how to properly handle them and dispose of them because if they're not properly handled or disposed, these items can have devastating effects, not only on humans, but also the animals and the environment all around us. Now when it comes to humans, these materials can have both health and physical hazards. Now everybody knows if you're, you eat something that's, uh, let's say it's toxic, you're gonna get sick. Now there's also skin burns, all kinds of headaches and physical, uh, physical troubles that can come about by having contact with these materials. Now, these, uh, these materials can also cause explosions, which are obviously harmful to us, but also the plants and environment around us, not to mention all the fumes that get, ex- get exposed to the environment when something explodes. Uh, that can be extremely dangerous. Now, also the impacts environments can, be, uh, can include killing organisms in a lake or river, uh, destroying animals, plants, and also causing major reproductive complications in those animals. Now, this can also limit the ability of the ecosystem to survive. If this sub- ecosystem around us is not surviving, then what are we going to do? I mean, we can't grow food, we can't, uh, we can't uh, <clears throat> farm animals. We can't, you know, we just can't take care of ourselves when nothing around us is able to survive. Now, in order to understand uh, compliance and other issues related, let me pass it off to Crystal.
1: Thanks, Brian. So, what exactly is compliance um, for hazardous material? So. The compliance for the transportation of hazardous materials, it falls under multiple jurisdictions. So in saying this, the business involved in the transportation of hazardous material, they all must be aware that each jurisdiction that they are underneath and where the specific lines of business falls. So let's talk about the most well-known compliance driver, and that's going to be OSHA. So what exactly is OSHA? OSHA. OSHA is the acronym that's given to the Occupational Safety and Health Administration. This is a national public health administration that was established in 1970. Why is OSHA important? OSHA's goal is to protect the workers from toxic materials, unsafe working conditions, and to provide information to the workers so that they can complete their jobs effectively and safely.
0: So, wait a minute. Is OSHA the end-all, be-all when it comes to compliance, Crystal?
1: That's a great question, Stephen. So OSHA is just one of the many driving forces behind compliance, whereas the DOT and FAA, they focus on transportation specific of the materials, whereas OSHA is more concerned with the well-being of the human capital. One of the many ways that OSHA protects its workers is by leveraging the mandate of the MSDS, MSDS worksheets. The MSDS, or the material safety and data worksheets, They're required to be provided to all workers that work with hazardous materials. These MSDS worksheets provide valuable information regarding to what personal protection equipment one should wear when responding to a spill, as well as how to clean the materials, and what potential risks are posed by the exposure to those materials.
2: So what areas of jurisdiction do the DOT and FAA have?
1: So the DOT has jurisdiction of all hazardous material transport um, on the nation's roadways, so anything that's on the highway, any type of um, driving carrier, whereas the FAA has it over the airport specifically and the airport carriers themselves.
0: That's interesting you say that, Crystal, because what you're saying about the DOT falls in line with research that I've conducted about federal regulations governing the transportation of hazardous materials.
1: Exactly, a lot of these government entities are often intertwined. That's why it's so imperative for those involved in the transport of hazardous materials to be aware of all possible jurisdictions that they may be operating under. The standards we know today, they were not brought to us without actionable legislation. Blake, could you please elaborate a little bit on what brought these positive changes?
2: Of course I can, Crystal, thank you. Prior to this act, uh, I'll be talking about the Hazardous Material Act of 1975. Prior to this act, the disposal and shipment of hazardous material regulation was very inconsistent; and had many loopholes. The act improved regulatory enforcement of authority of the Secretary of Transportation, who is head of the DOT. It's put regulations on materials that may pose a threat to health, safety, and property of humans. A lot of the folks thinks that OSHA carries out all of these regulations, but they don't. They only, you will only see OSHA employees when dealing with transportation is when there's a spill. They provide emergency response to clean up messes. Now, going back to these regulations that the act bestowed upon us, um, there are five government administrations or directorates that deal with this. One being, the Research and Special Programs Administration, which they're responsible for container manufacturers that build containers to hold hazardous material. They also are regulating manufacturers that recondition these containers, as well as the people that are shipping with these containers. Now, another administration would be the Federal Highway Administration and they enforce all the regulations to do with any of the motor carriers. Now, the next directorate would be the Federal Railroad Administration. Now, they enforce the regulations to do with all rail carriers. Now, the next one would be the Federal Aviation Administration, and they enforce all of the air carriers and anything to do with air. The Coast Guard enforces all regulation to do with shipment through water. Now, some would ask, what do they regulate? Well, they regulate procedures and policies that have to do with hazmat, as well as material designations, and they also regulate packaging requirements and operational rules. Now, when carrying hazmat, The motor carrier, air carrier, water carrier, or rail carrier must have shipping papers. These shipping papers must describe the material being transported, the destination of the material, as well as the quantity of the material. It must also have package marking that cannot be hidden. It must be seen and made of sturdy material to hold up to the entire shipment process. The next thing they have to have would be package labeling. On every shipment box, it must have the label of the level of the hazardous material on it. That would be like what Brian was talking about, the corrosivity, flammability, and things of that nature. Also, they must have vehicle placarding. This shows the level of hazardous material on the outside of vehicle or container that is being shipped. Now, Stephen, could you please elaborate on the additional legislation that was enacted to further protect our workers?
0: I sure can, Blake. Thank you so much. Yeah, what they did was in 1990, the U.S. Congress amended the 1975 Act that you were just speaking about, and they enacted the Hazardous Materials Transport and Uniform Safety Act, the HMT-USA, to clarify what was a maze of conflicting state, local, and federal regulations. There were several goals that had to be accomplished in this 1990 Act implement, implementation. Here are just a few of them. All right. The HMT USA included provisions that include, encouraged uh, uniformity among different state and local highway routing regulations that led to the development criteria for the issuance of federal permits of motor carriers of hazardous materials and the regulating of transportation of radioactive materials. Hard to imagine that before 1990, there was no regulating of nuclear materials being transported. Uh, results of this 1990 Act and, uh, and subsequent changes and amendments that have been made afterwards. Uh, well, there was an amendment uh, in 1994 signed by then President Bill Clinton. This amendment increased the power of the Secretary of Transportation. He or she has been given discretionary power to require anyone who transports hazardous materials through any mode of transportation to register it with the Department of Transportation, even if they are not already obligated to do so, right? This amendment did not change the overall goal of the 1990 or the 1975 Act. These are just amendments that increase uh, the teeth of the government. Um, Well, guys, uh, hazmat crew. I mean, to recap, we've learned so much about hazardous materials through our research as well as the transportation of them.
3: Yes Stephen, one of the things I noticed it is definitely very important that we uh, we thank those government agencies such as the EPA, the OSHA, and the DOT that help protect us every single day. Now Blake, is there anything that you would like to add to this?
2: Um, I just think that the 1975 act really just in a lot of those uh regulations that needed to be in place to keep everyone safe um so
1: definitely i definitely understand where you're coming from blake when i was researching the compliance it was it was eye-opening to see how frequently i had come into contact with materials that would necessarily be classified as a hazardous material. And to think about all the steps that go into transportation, bringing it to the consumer, the retail space that it's often in, or just the overall people who are interacting with it. It's really wonderful that we have government agencies that are really keeping an eye out for us and keeping an eye on the workers that are involved in these materials. Well, guys, that definitely concludes our podcast today. Thank you guys so much for meeting with me and talking with us today in regards to the, the actual transportation of hazardous materials. This has been the Hazmat Crew. Have a safe day out there.
2: crew, hazmat sounds, noises, lasers. choo, 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 choo.